It is the duty of the free man to resist tyranny at every turn. Every man will either watch his freedom stripped away or take action to protect what he loves. Introducing the A3, the newest revolutionary body armor from Armored Republic. The A3 is the new standard for lightweight multi-hit body armor. A3 plates are incredibly light at 4.6 pounds. The patented design captures fragmentation while remaining multi-hit capable. The A3 will stop up to M80 ball, yet comes in at only 0.7 inches thick. The A3 is the thinnest NIJ.06 compliant or certified composite standalone plate that includes the drop test. The A3 is the first of its kind, patent pending, that combines an alloy strike face with polyethylene backing, revolutionizing body armor technology by providing strength and durability while remaining sleek and maneuverable. The A3 is the new standard in lightweight body armor. The fight against tyranny just got stronger. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. We fixed it. We're back. We are so back. <laughs> we are so back. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Life Feeds Network. It's Advent. Merry Christmas. We actually got the right Toby music. Knox. I'm the water boy. And we got President Ben Merkel from New St. Andrews. Yeah. yeah. I know what time today it is. Because apparently there's a lot of anti-Semitism going on on college campuses. Oh, and, so. And it, and it's like deep seated in the president. Is that? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> weird. So, so we brought Doctor Merkel in. It's an intervention, huh? <laughs> I see how it is. It's a presidential problem. <laughs> he said. He said I was just coming over for cinnamon rolls. <laughs> that's what he tells everyone. <laughs> and pickles. I did say pickles too. In Genesis chapter two, verse ten through twelve, God tells of the gold in the land of Havilah, and that. The gold of that land is good. Ever since the dawn of our father's world, gold has been universally recognized as true money. Gold, and hallelujah. And therefore the most reliable store of savings. CrossPolitics corporate partner, Alps Precious Metals, enables their clients to protect their God-given, hard-earned wealth from the serious financial problems that are upon us. Alps provides the CrossPolitik family with the best strategies and solutions for investing in physical precious metals. As a result, you can enjoy a peace of mind that can be had with few other investments. You can call our friend James Hunter at Alps at 251-377-2197. Just maybe send him a text or something. <laughs> 251-377-2197 and visit our website at Alps. PMC, Alps PMC, no, sorry, I read that wrong. Alps PMG, Alps PMG.com. You can fix the camera now if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more thing. For those in the Flathead Canyon area in Montana, Christ Canyon Fellowship of Martin City, Montana is hosting every third Tuesday uh, Psalms, this is funny, they spelled it, it's, it's Psalms, Pasoups, and Pasandwiches. Or psalm soups <laughs> and sandwiches. Got that? Yeah, that psalms. Like Smith in the City. Yeah. You know, like, okay. like, like you know. Uh, anyways, That's December good. 19th. December 19th. That's uh, next Tuesday. Is this a CREC church or just a, uh, it's a not, friendly? Just a friendly they're, they're church? a friendly church. They're oh, the, right, up, cool. right up near Glacier. Uh, flathead area. There's flat, yeah. There's beautiful Flathead yeah. Lake up there. Yeah. And everything. So call oh, cool. or text yeah. Isaac at 406-270-3045. Isaac at 406-270-3045. Or email him at Isaac at ChristCanyonFellowship.com for some 
Psalms soups and sandwiches next Tuesday. Soups and sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Man, we got some brave advertisers. I know. I'm just, just going to put my, their numbers out. Put my cell phone out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to do a giveaway because we, it's Christmas time. Yes. And we got cross Baltic ba- uh, goodie goodie bags. Yeah. Okay. Do you know where they're from, and are we going to say their last names? Uh, I still don't know where they're from because I, I got to get the data, and I just yeah. haven't had time. Every every day, every show during Christmas, we're giving away gifts to all our pub members. Yeah. Uh, so everybody that's already a pub member, you're getting a, you're in the drawing for a gift, and if you're not yet a pub member, you can. That's right. Last day of last show of the year, uh, wife show. Yes. Uh, we're going to be giving away thirty free tickets to next year's Fight Life East Conference. ProdigalAmerica.com. Yeah, in, in Fort Worth, Texas. ProdigalAmerica.com. Okay. All right, yeah. Gabe. Let's All right. It. The winner of the first goodie bag today is uh, for this show is uh, Chris D. <laughs> really <laughs> sorry about those other people who said your yeah, last names. I did accidentally said their last names yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. Chris D? Chris D. Chris D, D, D is not his last name. Like, like Chris D-E-E. Is, it starts with a D. Okay. So it's like yeah. D-E-Z off the easy for cheesy. Chris D. Greg, and he won a gift bag. Yeah, goodie bag. It's magazine, coffee mugs. Pins, stickers, all Magazine. that, all that fun stuff. Yeah. By the way, when you okay. come to the studio, this is kind of what you get. Like yeah. you get a goodie bag. Yeah. This is kind of our studio yeah. gift. So, all right, we're really grateful to have with us today, Doctor Ben Merkel. He's the president, El Presidente, mm. of New St. Andrews College, as well as fellow of theology. Actually, you're a senior fellow now, aren't you? I guess I am. Yeah. yeah. So, senior fellow. Update mm-hmm. the bio, guys. He holds a DPhil in Oriental Studies and an MST in Jewish Studies. Oh. So that's why we have him on the show. Oh, okay. I didn't know that part. <laughs> we I just made the part. connection. Oh, I see what's going on. Uh, that was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> from Oxford University, England, an MA degree in English Lit. And, and also, he's got a letter from Greyfriars Hall uh, and a BS in education and secondary education chemistry, minor in history from the University of Idaho. He's a teaching elder at Christ Church, Moscow, regularly preaches at the downtown service, the CCD, as we call it around here. And he, is, and, he and his wife, Rebecca, have five kids. And and, and and grandkids. Yeah, yeah. One is well, two are on the way. Two, uh, wow. but one's coming the next couple weeks. Okay, we're on okay. deck. Two, two, wow. two in the oven, and one's yeah. about done. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. All right, exactly. that is uh, awesome. So, El Presidente, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's <laughs> are you right. going to be going by Grandpa or Papa or do you know? I'm still it? pulling for El Jefe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I, I I put that one out there every time. Nobody's really no. taken me up on that yet, but <laughs> it's just us. Huh? <laughs> Okay. What, what you do is you just start giving those, those grandkids candy. Yeah, exactly. Whenever they say El Jefe, you uh-huh. give them candy. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. Papa's dog, you know. Uh-huh. Hey, this is going to work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So um, we've been watching some of this uh, excitement going down in uh, higher education. Uh, at, uh, in American universities, at least, um, Harvard. Well, three and, universities were called yeah. to testify. Yeah, MIT, Penn State, and Harvard. Um, to on, Congress on the particularly um, on the kind of anti-Semitism, right? Um, and so, um, well, on the Palestinian, um, basically, you know, protests on right. ca- on their campuses. So, Neil, go ahead and roll the clip, and then and then we want to ask you about this, Ben. Okay, Dr. Kornbluth, yes. does M- at MIT does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's? code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. 
Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of antisemitism? I will ask you one more time. <laughs> Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Then we get yes the whip. or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard code of conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. So, so this happened was the last Tuesday, I believe this happened, and it's just been boiling and, over. And the and the, the the gal in the center is the president of of uh, UPenn, 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 and she's, and she's actually she's actually so resigned. She's, now. Here's her, yeah, and yeah. right before the right before she resigned, she she dropped this video. When I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been, the irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I want to be clear, a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries and were the victims of mass genocide 
in the Holocaust. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. For decades, under multiple Penn presidents and consistent with most universities, Penn's policies have been guided by the Constitution and the law. In today's world, where we are seeing signs of hate proliferating across our campus and our world in a way not seen in years, these policies need to be clarified and evaluated. Penn must initiate a serious and careful look at our policies, and Provost Jackson and I will immediately convene a process to do so. As president, I'm committed to a safe, secure, and supportive environment so all members of our community can thrive. We can mm. and we will get this right. Thank you. Her okay. pronouns are now was were. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was actually good. All right, so Dr. Merkel, how, how did they, I mean, how should they have answered? Did they answer right? What is, what's your take on this? Well, it's, it's funny because listening to the testimony of the day of and then watching all of the um, clips, the backpedaling yeah. the next day. Um, and it was really funny how you can, you can just tell these people actually they don't know what their answer is until the committee tells them. Uh -huh. you, you know what I mean? Like, right. like I, I, you can tell that each of them felt like when they were coming to the microphone, I'm doing that bold thing that everybody will circle around me and say, good job. And then they go back and it's like, Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. And then they, they come up with the mm. new answer that they're supposed yeah. to give. Um, one thing that's, I think, really important is to actually have an opinion yourself, like to actually have convictions yeah. yourself. Um, you should be, you should have the kind of convictions where it doesn't, you don't give a rip if everybody says that's wrong, you know what you stand for. So I think that's one of the things that you see in college presidents and, and increasing a lot of our institutional leadership has the exact same problem where you achieve um, that position by having um, demonstrated the skill of compliance over decades, the ability to mm. appease committees and, and organizations and whatnot, you can you can demonstrate compliance, compliance, compliance. Um, that's how they get into these positions. And then you ask somebody who's spent you know thirty years of their professional life perfecting that ability to always achieve whatever is the temperature in the room, yeah. and to always do that so perfectly. And then ask that person now suddenly. I need you to have a defiant bone, you know, to right. to stand up and for this conviction. It's just impossible for I think most of our institutional leadership. That's not what they were selected or bred for. <laughs> that, wow. That, wow. Unfortunately, that's, that's true. Do you think that as I was watching this, because I as a producer, I go back and I look at all the content. What wasn't shown, watching all the clips come out um, afterwards, I went back and watched a lot more context around this. And it seems like, at least for Professor or Dr. Gay, um, even uh, the lady who's at UPenn, I don't think that they were supporting. It got played on social media like they were supporting the um, hate speech or the, the Palestinian, the, the Palestinian uh, idea to, to end Hamas, like uh, in uh, 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 Jews. And it, that's actually not what they were supporting at all. They were actually said, I'm a, opposed to it. I, that's not our position. We disagree with the speech and the language. Mm -hmm. Those clips didn't get right. put on social media, but the the right clips got put out there to make it look like that they supported the eradication of, of the Jews. Interesting. And so the clips that they're showing, they actually was a, a couple of rounds of this where, okay. you know, you know, gay is saying, hey, I think this is wrong and abhorrent speech. 
Like, this mm-hmm. is horrible speech. But what I'm trying to make the distinction about, and she didn't say it exactly like this, but if you, <laughs> okay, forgive me for trying to think the best of people here. <laughs> um, but if you put it into the, a context where the, these aren't um, orcs, um, then you're, she's saying, I need something actionable in order to be able to say this has stepped in beyond the line. Mm-hmm. And I think all of them were trying to communicate, listen, we don't like the speech, horrible speech, but they haven't done anything that says this is an actionable item. And I think they have this mindset like this because of how they view themselves as an institution like the government. You heard when the UPenn person said, our lines are- Aligns with the constitution. But the problem is you are not the government. Mm -hmm. And, And this goes back into institutions and taking the money from the government where you act like it. You actually can police thoughts because you train people in thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that is one of the problems. If you take that pure libertarian kind of perspective where there's um, where everything has to be uh, neutrality, I think you, you run into what well, is the impossibility of neutrality. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, I, I think we all we all have to have a we all have speech laws that, that we we believe that's offensive. That shouldn't be allowed here. I think it's really interesting that not just a little bit ago, I think it was Hillsdale got in trouble with. Is it fire? Um, yeah, the, the group that does freedom of speech. Right. And they were saying, look, you, you don't allow all opinions on your campus. And Hillsdale, I think rightly says, yeah, that's right. We're a Christian school. You come here and we're, we're going to give you a Christian worldview. And I think that's how it would be at NSA. Right. Um, I, I want our students, we were having this conversation um, not too long ago in, inside the administration where um, if you're going to be a faculty member at NSA, you need to sign our statement of faith and you need to be ready to adhere to it. And if you violate mm-hmm. that, there should be consequences of it. At the same time, uh, I would be, if you want to be a speaker on our campus, uh, you need to be interesting. Um, I, yeah. I I want our students to be exposed to a variety of different things. They don't. Not every speaker or, or author that they read has to sure. subscribe to our statement of faith. So you have you have teachers that are mentors that are mentoring you in a particular worldview, but they're mentoring you in how to encounter the rest of the world. So you can have you can have like widely um, you know widely varying in worldviews that you're encountering while having an administration and a faculty that are all marching in the same direction. It, it seems like I, I wonder, Knox. You you watched some of these other videos yeah. and stuff, and again trying to get the the, the benefit of the doubt. At the same time, I wonder like so if this is a pro life protest, yeah, saying you're murdering babies, right? Yeah. You're murdering babies, yeah. Would they have the same response? That's where you're going to hit the impossibility of neutrality. Right. They, pre- they pretend that they're neutral right. until you until you you know touch them on the eye on that the the, the, yeah. the god of the system. Well, but part of the problem is like these presidents don't pass that kind of sniff test. I mean, remember that's that's the last, exactly right. Last what ten years on college campus, they've created sleeping pods. You know, they've created safe spaces. They've created you know, <laughs> if if something traumatizes you as a student on campus, they got a room for that. You yeah. know, they got a covering. Break, break for out that. the therapy puppies. But, but yeah, <laughs> and therapy puppies and all that. And and then you know, of course, if if Matt Walsh shows up to Harvard University, well, they're sending out apology letters and well, you know that mm-hmm. kind of, or I they're think, canceling the event. And, and so, but do you, yeah, and so this, do, you, do you think that's what um, uh, Representative uh, Stefanik is that her name? Stefanik. Stefanik is that is that what she's sensing though? Like this sort of double standard where like she's sensing like that there is a I don't kind think of that's more like like a, 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 yeah. a friendliness to the Palestinian. Like there's a whole like I mean it's like that's not the, how they communicated the, B, the BLM Hamas thing is. Kind of a thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't followed it closely, but it's 
kind of cool to be like more on the side of, well, of Hamas. But if you go back and you look, a lot of the people who are Palestinian on these campuses feel like that they are not being supported either. So, like, okay. they're, 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 so it depends on and how, but I think okay. there's something else going on here. I think this is a mob thing, mm-hmm. and and boy, I'm not going to get any likes for this one. But I think part of there's two different. They haven't done themselves any favors in being inconsistent and not having an objective standard. Right. And so then now when the mob comes for them because they're not, like you said, they haven't, they, they've just been the yes man or just doing the thing and following the institution. Now the mob is like, well, what are you going to say about this? And, 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 and they fall apart. Well, there's, and, and now you're talking about like the mob that supports the Jews now instead well, of versus the mob of the that supports the Palestine. Or, or for instance, the homose- mobs on both sides. The homosexual movement and the LGBTQI folks have come in and said, "You're going to call us by our pronouns." And there's a guy on campus said, "No, I won't." They're like, "That's hateful. We shouldn't have him yeah. on the campus. Right. Security. We want you around him all the time. He's always causing trouble around here. Right. Get him out of here." Like that's one thing. So they'll, they'll have, they've been inconsistent. Right. They, what happened to his free speech? What happened to a load of Christians coming on and saying, we will not allow transgender surgeries, period. Like, that's hate speech. We got to get those guys out of here. Right. But now they're like, hey, listen, this is a speech. Like, we don't have the code we're on wait, this, We're guys. waiting for the actionable item. But Keith Darrell shows up on campus. Right. And and, so I yeah, think now right. their worldview, inconsistent worldviews, when they start becoming consistent with themselves, fall apart. And that's what's happening, I think, right now. Yeah. The the, uh, the Stefanik is seeing the opportunity yeah. to point something out and to like score wa- some points, right, and score whatever, some points, yeah. and I think it's challenging because I think they're trying to say we need to see something that happens to an individual to be able to like hmm. act on it. They don't know what their institution is or what it's for, right? And so they don't. I, I think we were talking about this, and I've been trying to struggle with this, but you have a government needs someone to actually police thoughts. Now, we look to the government to police thoughts. They're supposed to police crimes, things that physically happen. Right. The other governments that police thoughts are the church and the family. Mm-hmm. Right? And by extension, businesses. And by and extension, stuff, yeah. yeah. And, and so businesses are extension schools, of the family, yeah. right? But schools are extension of the family one way or another, right? right. And so those things, um, or you can even say the church, they work together with those, those things. Right. But so they should be policers of thought, Right. And mm-hmm. so but they're trying to work themselves out. And I think this is the, the merger of the government coming in to be part of the educational system. They consider themselves to be like government. So then they don't know where their limitations should go beyond where government well, should go. Well, they're funded by the government, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. so they are extensions of the government. So I will ha- state and Harvard were private entities when they started. Right. So what yeah. happens, though, like if if let's say. Do Christian, I guess, how should colleges work when it comes to free speech? Is there, can you have a group of people who say, um, oh, what would be our scenario? Um, Christian nationalists, <laughs> I don't know, a group that becomes so strong where they become more radical. We're like, okay, we want to kick out all the people who are, n- who are not white. Right? <laughs> Everybody who's not white, um, they got to go from America. Uh, period. We got to eradicate them from Even our country. Even though the white people were indigenous in a sense. So, so <laughs> I, I guess what I'm trying to say, what is the scenario by which speech is allowed on sh- uh, even Christian campuses? How should we be thinking about that? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, your your analogy of um, looking at the different governments, you know, family, church, um, I think that's a helpful one because I think about as a family, you know, how did we, how did we move our kids from, 
wanting to root them deeply in their faith to then being able to encounter the world around them. It meant that there were appropriate things at different levels. Mm-hmm. At, at a, at a very, dad brought in to challenge the kids oh, or something like that. Yeah, well, like like at a very young level, we're just trying to root them in their faith, helping yeah. them to understand the world they live in through the the lens of scripture. And then what what happens is then they start encountering things that 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 doesn't seem to fit with this and we help them process it and then you you move on to them being able to watch movies, listen to songs, uh read books that, you know, at a younger age they wouldn't have been able to. So it's about building a certain kind of uh foundation and then from that allowing them to engage the world. So that by the time they leave the house, they should be ready to encounter whatever is mm. out there. So it's not like you're trying to keep them protected from encountering other ideas, but you're just trying to get them built up. So I think in an institution like a like a school, I think it's right. It's not going to be the same thing, but it's right to have layers that you're building things up. So like for instance, at NSA, we would say, we would say, um, you know, the board, the faculty, the staff all subscribe pretty closely to a statement of faith that's explicitly reformed. And we're very like-minded on certain things. We're all attending Reformed churches. But the student body, we would open up to general evangelical Protestant. and then um, and then But then they're going to read and listen to things that are from all over the world. Darwin to... Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's funny how Augustine. many... Our, our, our students will have read Darwin, whereas the... <laughs> the right. That the pagan the, universities... They, they don't read Darwin. They'll believe in Darwinism, yeah. but they won't have actually read it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's it's just about figuring out like where where do we need to draw lines so that we can build the foundation that we want. I know of schools that would be Christian schools that would require that their faculty be their faculty to ascribe to a statement of faith, but might let non-Christian kids in. Um, that's not what we do at NSA. Our judgment is we do a, our best job the way we have things are, are arranged. But I don't necessarily fault an institution that would take that different kind of approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think you're 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 building people up, and you're and you have different kind of levels of agreement at different at different places. Um, yeah. I think our churches work work the same. Um, all right, I've got a I've got a follow up question, but yeah. first I've got an ad, and then you have an ad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to do my ad, yeah. and then while I'm doing it's my not ad, get, about get, get ready for your ad. It's so not. the tactics conference is coming up. Learn oh, how to right. build Christ's kingdom for those that are from those who are doing it. Join CRY. The campus preacher Keith Darrell, Gabe Wrench, Chocolate Knox. Man, he's going to be there? <laughs> and uh, me. For two days of boots on the ground training on how to take your community for Christ. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and me. Great talks, great food, and great people. Well, you know, mostly great people. Come see us in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's only about two and a half hours east of Houston. Texas on January 19th and 20th and take note seating is limited families are welcome come experience some Cajun hospitality while we labor together to build the new Christendom beer and Psalms panel discussions Cajun dancing which I still am really (laughs) curious about go to tacticscon.com tacticscon.com to buy your tickets today and use the coupon code FLF pub FLF pub to get $20 off your ticket price that's tacticscon.com. We'll see you in South Louisiana. A little stocking this, stuffer. This January. Stocking yeah, stuffer. yeah. Hey. Tickets to conference in yeah. Louisiana. Who doesn't want to go to Louisiana in January? I know. All right. And now, a word from Ben Merkel. So it's not fair because you got a script. You got an actual <laughs> script to read. I'm just going to make it up. Men. Men. Do you, do you call yourself a covenant head? Seriously? How have you prepared for this Christmas? How have you equipped your wife to celebrate this Advent season? 
Well, let me let me help you. You need to go to RebeccaMerkel.com. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, Rebecca. Rebecca. <laughs> I'm double checking for you. RebeccaMerkel.com. You should probably spell it Rebecca so people know. R-E-B-E-K-A-H. Yeah, the H, you know. Yeah, RebeccaMerkel.com, where you can find... Uh, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, a table towels? runner. Okay, the table runner is the big thing. Is that's that the big the, thing right that's now? the thing that just dropped. The table runner. Yeah, beautiful. It goes down the middle of your table to make it all nice What's, for Advent. It's a nice Christmas and, blue. And table yes. runners are important. Oh, What's that? Table runners are important. Very important. Okay. And if you uh, can't use it there, you could use it as a stole for Epiphany. <laughs> Facts. I like this. Dual yeah. usage. So some of the more higher liturgical brethren... Yeah. I just do that yeah. for family worship. Yeah. I just put that joke on. <laughs> family worship. There's where it goes. RebeccaMerkel.com. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Go very good. It's, that, not, it's not too late. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. There you go. Okay, that's awesome. All right, so this actually... this. this okay, you got the question. Yeah, okay. You, you, okay. This, this is a great setup, actually, yeah. with my question. So you started by talking about the problem with our higher institutions is we got these people who got there um, by spending their lives basically complying Mm-hmm. Comply, comply, yeah. comply with what everyone says you, is the, the consensus, right, the right group answer, thing, the political and then, acumen, and then they get to know. the moment that that where they need to have an opinion and conviction, and they they, they don't, fall apart. Or they think they do, but they then turns out the survey says they're yeah. wrong. Which is why COVID, I, they all no. wore masks and all that, right? Stuff. And then I, I think it's really helpful for you to point out the fact that um what the, the um part of what we're doing then is we're practicing to create this culture all the way down in our families, mm-hmm. so. Families are practicing culture by teaching their kids, even young, young kids, to begin um, be rooted in what you believe, what you know, and then introduce you to a new idea, a, right. maybe a slightly different idea. Um, sometimes it's full on unbelief. Sometimes it's a different version of Christianity and you're having to help them yeah. and, and they grow up in that. And then ultimately, that's what we're trying to do it at the college level, which strikes me then that fundamentally we need men who have conviction. Yeah. So um, if we're going to be, if, if we're going to have colleges, churches, businesses where you have leaders and particularly men who have conviction, who know what they believe and they don't care what the survey says, mm-hmm. how, how would you counsel men to cultivate that? Yeah. So I think one of the first things, just going back to the earlier conversation here is just notice how, um, how fickle the consensus of the crowd is. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot of, this is deep in evangelicalism is that we, we believe that we are best at our faith when we are um, compelling to the crowd around us. Um, so at, at the worst, you get like that kind of over the top seeker sensitive, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also get just this kind of sense of evangelical niceness that if, if I'm a, appeasing the crowd in front of me that I'm really, I'm making the gospel winsome. I'm making it this, this thing that is powerful. Um, but you need to understand that that the crowd's consensus is so fickle and you will, you will do everything you can to turn yourself into this one kind of person and they'll show up and it turns out everybody's dressed differently. And you, and, um, and if you're trying to please that you're going to regularly be going out of date. And so, Mm. Because of that, I think the real trick is, and the way I always think about it is just the, the simple um, gaze towards Christ, that our, your eye has to be on God. And I, I find this frequently when I'm in difficult decision-making moments or trying to sort through a problem, I try to be as clear in my mind that, okay, I really just only want to please God with this. Mm-hmm. And so my eye is on him, and I'm consciously trying to strip away other things that might be competing for my attempt mm. to appease this or that. That's yeah. right. But 
Um, you want you want to have a conscious gaze towards God, which I think requires a very um, devout kind of private life that you've got to actually be in the word, be, mm-hmm. um, not hearing about what other people say the Bible says, but you actually have to be in the word yourself. You have to be in prayer yourself. You have to be constantly talking to God about what this means and how it's going to apply yeah. to my life. And then you want to model that for your family, that you're somebody who most of all, I want to please God and everything right. else is kind of second to that. Right. The, fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Exactly. If, if we want to have wisdom in the big things, we've got to have wisdom starting with yeah. the little things. And that means, and, and you know, the fear of the Lord is, is what then teaches you not to fear man. Yeah. The, the fear of man is a snare. Uh-huh. Proverbs says. That's why I think that the whole concept of the Overton window is so important for evangelicals to get, because if, if you are, um, if you are captured by niceness, then you will always feel like you have to be inside that window, which means you are so easily steered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can, right. they can do whatever they want with right. you and you have to, I, I found COVID to be such a good thing for our community, yeah. especially for my kids, yeah. because for my kids to learn like, okay, I actually, it's okay when I see this is the truth and everybody is being stupid, I'm going to learn to just not care about Amen. What, yeah, what, what they they're think. doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> no, I agree. It was, it was, it was good for my family too. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I mean, even like in, through the arrests, like my kids watching the arrests, I mean, yeah. like it was like, I mean, you were a hero, <laughs> like, like yeah. the Bonets were heroes yeah. to my kids and like just yeah. watching, like that's what courage looks like. Yeah. I think it's shaped them in very it's, profound it's really ways. Good. I remember one point my son came home he'd just been at Walmart. I think it's like, Oh, he wore, he wore just a mask and snorkel and flippers. <laughs> That's how you win. And I was like, that's, 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 it's good to learn to not care as long as, and and this is the thing you, you do have to be careful. There is a perverse delight that you can get in just offending people. Like, like it is, you you can find fun in in that. And And I don't want them to cultivate that, but I do want them to know, like when I see the truth, and and um and I'm mocked for the truth. I'm going to enjoy yeah. the mockery because yeah. this is really important to stand Cause, for. Because mm-hmm. I'm doing what is right. Yeah, I, I remember. Um, I don't know if I've told you this story. I've told it a few times, but actually, when when many many years ago, you had us. You and Rebecca had us. Oh, Becca had us over for dinner. Okay. And um, long time ago, we, I mean, it was so. <laughs> you probably don't even remember. We didn't do that again. <laughs> and Only once. Knox was probably like two or three. Okay. And we didn't have kids yet. Uh. And um, we're sitting there around your dinner table, and it's like, you know, Knox, maybe you had a baby in a car seat. I don't know uh. how old they were and everything. We were talking after dinner, and Knox comes walking through the the, the dining room, and then you, you say, oh, excuse me, and you got up and you went out and got him. And then a minute later, you carry him back in, and he's, you know, kind of wiping <laughs> his eyes. And I was like, well, and he comes in, and he walks over to the vacuum cleaner and kicks it. <laughs> okay, and, then, yeah. and then walks out, and we're all looking at you, and you, and you, and you said, it's, he's a little bit scared of the vacuum cleaner right now. So the rule is every time he sees the vacuum cleaner, he has to kick it. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. But, but, oh, like, wow. But, that's but, great. I'm just saying like, I mean, you know, maybe we can start another spanking gate here, but, I, but you know, yeah. But, yeah. but I'm serious. Like, but that, like, what yeah. were you training for? Yeah. You're training for COVID courage. Yeah. You're, you're training, wow. you're training your, your two or three year old son yeah. for running an institution. Uh huh. 
um, to, to be, to know what is right and wrong yeah, and to not give into his emotions and his, his fears, mm-hmm. um, to, and to rule those things and mm. fight dragons. Yeah. I, I, I remember that. With Doc. <laughs> it was, he, he had, it was like a, a really kind of strange freak out when the vacuum cleaner came on. I was like, son, we yeah. can't, yeah, we're, we're not, not going to be like this. that. So yeah. it was, the rule was every time we walked by, he had to knock it yeah. down. Yeah. And the end it was, it was great because it got to where like, he took real delight yeah. in like, yeah. kicking yeah. the snot out of that. Vacuum yeah. Yeah. You, like, you had to buy a new one. I'm <laughs> For that. I, like, got, I got one question, okay. uh, yeah. Vernon. You know, Ben, with like the state of universities um, nationwide, uh, it, it, in some sense, it's a little funny to me because I was, I mean, you went to University of Idaho. I went to yeah. University of Idaho back in 2002. I mean, social justice was in the classroom. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden now parents are crying foul. It's like, actually, you yeah, probably went through it too. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. When my uh, wife was there in 2001, 2002, they were already introducing homosexuality yeah. in, in mm. elementary education classes. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's been around forever, but um, the decline in universities has been going on longer than when, you know, we've been alive. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, NSA has kind of started as a, as a not just a reaction, but as a solution uh-huh. to um, the current state of universities and universities. I mean, you go through. I mean, you know this better than I do. But like Harvard was started as a Christian institution. Right. You know, Penn State. Yeah. Uh, you go through and read a lot of the charters of of the Greek life, um, and a lot of the fraternities and sororities were founded as Christian organizations mm-hmm. to encourage yeah. growth in, in the Lord while on campus. And yeah. you know, um, you know, uh, I mean, what's What's NSA? I mean, NSA is obviously building against that. Yeah. But how do we change the broader university cultural climate? I mean, I don't know. This is kind of a difficult question. To, how do we re- how do we reform higher ed? Yeah. 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 Well, I think um, one of the things that's interesting. I, I've said this a couple of times that um, I think the if you were to look at the last. 30, 40 years of the American evangelical church and the American evangelical church's engagement with culture. If you look at that, it looks to me like almost across the board, all we see are losses, uh, institutional mm, losses. Yeah, we're yeah. losing movements all over the yeah. place with one significant, significant exception. And that's classical Christian education. Yeah. That is one place where we have been putting points on the board. Mm. Um, it's funny to me now when I go to meetings of um, college presidents how everybody is now trying to position themselves up. We're the leaders of classical Christian education. And it's it's all over the place. Yeah. Colleges are trying to figure out how they're to good get students. Yeah, they're the best. Yeah. And they're yeah. trying to figure out how to get out and ahead. And and one of the things I would say is we actually are starting to win. Now, now mm. we it's not mm. we've not had the impact at the college level the right. way we need to. Um, and and we've but we've made tremendous gains, and it's all these just small, not very glamorous, lots of volunteers, these little private Christian yeah. schools that are really changing and doing something yeah. significant, and all of the homeschooling that has happened. Right, that is so encouraging. There's a, there's a huge change that's happened, but what's yeah. got to happen is, and and this is the real challenge. I see a lot of these people have sacrificed greatly to get their kids this great K to twelve education. Who then see sending them off to an unbelieving college as the prize? They, that they made won. it into Harvard. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like th- this is the prize they won. As they're walking by the hummus rallies, you know. Yeah. We, we call it hummus. We're so excited. The hummus people. <laughs> and they, but all their work is undone. Yeah. As they send them off to college, what we need to do is wow. take what we've done and we yeah. make sure we hold the line and keep pushing it up through through the colleges. Right. But I, I think we're going to see that over the next 20 to 30 years 
we, we need to see what the work yeah. that's been done K to 12. We need to push it through a college. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really that's good. So and good, and it's, it's really, it's yeah. really encouraging. I was thinking of like, you know, you're talking about coaching basketball earlier, Gabe and, and, and before the show, but yeah. um, you know, like all the great coaches that come into a team that's been a wreck. It, it's like, all the stories are all about we're going to get back to fundamentals. Yeah. Yep. We're going to yep. dribble the ball and we're going to do layups. Yeah. Like we're going to pass yep. and we're going to, you know, like that's what we're going to do. Yep. Nothing flashy. But that's what you're doing when you're raising your kids in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you're going back to the basics. You're doing fundamentals because that's what, I mean, that's what Deuteronomy 6 says. Love me with everything that you are mm-hmm. and teach your kids mm-hmm. all day long. And if, and I think you're right, that's, that's putting points on the board. Yeah. And if, and if, and if we'll be faithful with that and also follow through with that, yeah. um, it's going to have massive impact. Yeah. Mm. Everybody needs to send their kids to New St. Andrews College, NSA.edu, NSA.edu. And don't forget, um, RebeccaMerkel.com. Yeah, that's Get right. Table runner slash stole. <laughs> <laughs> Family Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Ben. Yeah. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. If you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. All right, man. Next time we talk about the whole anti-Semitism thing in colleges, how it's affecting the culture. Well, bring your Jewish studies <laughs> into this. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Luke Ritchie. Wrong timeline. Okay, that's better. Time travel mechanics can get a little bit tricky. I'm Luke Ritchie, Chief Visionary Officer of Gravity Jack. In 2009, we founded Gravity Jack and essentially patented AR. What I'm about to tell you about is a vision that was 14 years in the making. War Tribe of Vinyaman. This is a game that feels so real, it might be. It's a genre-defining game for AR and mobile and the Apple Vision Pro. We've integrated artificial intelligence, not just into the characters in the game, but actually in the business model of War Tribe. So I love augmented reality games. They're one of my favorites. Uh, but the problem is it seems like they've added AR as an afterthought into the game. What if you sat down for 14 years and planned the entire thing around augmented reality? Games make a ton of money, and typically that money doesn't end up in the pocket of the players. We intend to change that. Lastly, and this is important, half the world has never and never will be targeted by big tech for an AI natural language processing engine. We're definitely going to change that. War Tribe of Binyamin has gameplay like you've never seen before. We have portals opening everywhere, we have holographic communication, but what's really cool too is the world of 2133 is accurately geo-overlaid on the world of today. We're laser focused on ROI for our shareholders, which is you. One of the things we're doing that's super unique that's never been done before is taking 10% of in-game revenue monthly and giving it off as a dividend. The other co-founders and myself started Gravity Jack in 2009, but in 2007 we'd actually sold our company to a gaming company. We've hired the best of the best in terms of game development. Our director of development, product designer, are all veterans in the gaming space. Uh, And not only that, we're going after a market that's gigantic. We're combining four huge major markets, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, translation, and gaming, uh, all for a combined market value of 1.85 trillion. Our incredible history has led us to be experts in mobile development, augmented reality, AI, gaming, and computer vision. It's been a wild ride here at Gravity Jack. A benefit to being so early on in augmented reality has led to a robust patent portfolio with active revenue and more to come. We've had the privilege of working with clients such as Oscar Mayer, Kraft, Lincoln, Samsung, T-Mobile. We've also worked on non-lethal Department of Defense contracts as well. 
We were a reference developer for Meta on the Oculus 2 directly, creating a game where other developers look to our source code for best practices. Early on in Gravity Jack's history, we did a game for Double Down Casino, and at the end of that contract, it was grossing 35 million a month. Our robust history has led us to be experts in augmented reality, AI, gaming, computer vision, and mobile development. Play to earn opportunities for the impoverished create an AI language model for unreached people groups, allowing us to have an eventual monopoly on speaking to half the planet. Our focus is shareholder dividends immediately after the game and into the future to create a game that's gonna blow the world's minds. And we're pulling people out of poverty and into productivity. So what's the ask? Join the Binyamin.